welcome to another episode of Banking Matters. I'm your host, Ashton Woodling. Joining me today is Kirsten Robinson. Kirsten was born in the land of the Philly cheesesteak and city of brotherly love at the peak of all things good in the early 90s, which we'll come back to because I think that actually peaked um, late in 1989, but we'll, we'll start back to that. <laughs> Kirsten is widely known as a very bubbly, outgoing, enthusiastic, and energetic Aries with a passion for banking, baking, and law with a little bit of music for spice. Her banking career began in 2008 in the credit union sector. She started in retail and transitioned to training, which lit her passion for youth financial education. Kirsten made the humbling move to start at the bottom with Mount McKinley Bank as a commercial loan processor, but this proved to be a huge step forward in her banking career. She earned her associate's degree in paralegal studies and unlocked the achievement of assistant vice president of consumer and commercial lending in 2021, where she maintains and grows the consumer lending portfolio with the best of the best bankers in the interior. Kirsten, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm too thrilled to be here. I'm like juiced. <laughs> I'm happy to have you. And I have to, I, okay, so we always ask how you got into banking, but I kind of want to start before that because you made it from Philly to Alaska. That's like, yeah, jet lag. So what happened there? How did you, how did you go? Great question. So my mom said, get your stuff in a backpack and we're going to Alaska. <laughs> and that was it. And it was the first time I ever rode a plane, me and my sister, my mom, and then my dad followed about a year later to kind of wrap up some stuff. But we just started our new life in Alaska. And it's been great. Your mom sounds it's phenomenal. Just excited. <laughs> I love it. How old were you? She just said, get your stuff in a bag. Let's go. <laughs> okay. How old were you when that happened? I was about six or seven wow. years old when that happened. All right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, so bring me to 2008. What made you choose banking? So what happened was <laughs> is I was working part-time at a local Kroger here. And what was great is that I could always see the credit union or the financial institution in the grocery store. So it was super convenient to go deposit my check or get a little bit of cash out right before, like right during my break. And I said, you know, I really like the atmosphere. I like the professionality and I first wanted to go to school to play the clarinet and major in music. And my mom and dad said, no, I'm not paying for you to go to school to play some stupid instrument. So I'm going to need you to get a real job. So I applied at the credit union and that's where it started ever since. And I've been hooked. I love that. You know, recently you are not the first musician we have had on the show. I've been kind of surprised. Like we had... A, classroom, oh, a drummer, <laughs> and now we have a clarinet player that all sound their way. Somehow this must this must jive. Um, and it kind of makes me feel a little inadequate. I don't play music. <laughs> Girl, you're doing great. You are perfect. <laughs> all right. So you started at the credit union. Um, and let's see, and you you made it into training, right? So tell me about that. Oh my goodness. So after I had Left the credit union, I transitioned into a training director, kind of really doing executive training and really training all the way from the bottom, all the way to the greenest of green tellers. This is your first job, 18 years old out of high school, all the way up to the executive level, to the board of directors and uh, trustees. I really found a passion for sharing what I enjoyed most about banking and really just honing in and mastering those skills of service, regulations, 
really just the basics of how to be a good teller essentially and with that that allowed me to grow my platform to train lenders and to also grow my platform even further and train on you know the annual stuff bsa and stuff <laughs> yeah i love it you got one thing you got to do when you're training is you've got to make it engaging and fun and you've got to make it make it memorable too yeah, that's true. And I can already imagine that you do that because you already have a really commanding presence. So I would have loved to that okay. your training. Uh, that's not even related to what we were going to talk about today. But, but since <laughs> you're obviously a very successful trainer, any tips or tricks of the Thank trade to, to pass on to our audience about training, um, training bank employees? Yeah, just make it fun really, really break down the barrier. They're already shy. They're already scared coming into a bank or a credit union. They're already dealing with people's money. Right up front, you really want to tell them that being a, a teller is a very coveted relationship. In the financial industry, you're the first to know when somebody gets married. You're the first to know when somebody gets divorced, when someone dies. You're pretty much the, the catch-all for the tea. So it's really important to make sure that relationship is solid. You can teach how to do a transaction. You can teach everything else, but you can't teach service. You can't teach how to be a person. Always remember to be a person first. I love that. That is great advice. I think sometimes we just kind of forget yeah. that. So, so through your training, you mentioned you developed this passion for financial literacy. Um, and as you were working through that, uh, is that when you noticed the, the big effect that um, credit can play on mental health? Oh my goodness. Even just before then, just dealing with, with basic credit and also kind of dealing with mental health. A lot of people don't think that they go hand in hand, but they so do. Essentially, when you are down and out, feeling depressed or sad, you want to do something that's going to boost your energy or make you feel good. Of course, spending may do that. And of course, you're high hop on the horse, you're getting all your serotonin, all your dopamine from swipe, 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 swipe. You are using your Apple Pay like Apple is paying, and that's not the case. Once you get home and you realize, I don't have any money, you're right back in that depression and that sadness or even deeper because now you've dug yourself in a deeper hole. A lot of the time, people who have lots of debt, that affects their mental health because they just don't see any end in sight. And there's just a sense of hopelessness or lost because they're they're not able to get out of that. And it's sometimes quite shy and a little embarrassing, for lack of a better term, to admit or come to terms that you yourself are having a financial hard time. Depression and sadness, along with mental health, do fall in line with having a, a financial hiccup. But once you kind of get over the depression and the sadness with your mental health, then it's easier to focus on getting your financial self back on track. Yeah, I think that's really interesting. It's kind of an approach we don't think about very often as bankers, right? We, we don't think about mental health. So, mm -hmm. so if I'm a banker and I'm a teller, how can I, what should I know or how can I use this knowledge then to, to help serve my customers better? You know what's great? It's just a basic question. How are you feeling? Of course, you know, when you're in public and you're in transition, you'll say, hey, I'm doing good. It's important if you have a relationship with your customer that you're serving at the counter. Girl, how are you really feeling? Ashton, how are you really feeling? Is everything all right? And then that opens up the door for them to, to be comfortable to start sharing a little bit about that. And again, if you have that relationship with your customer, 
girl, I see you be spinning a lot, a lot. What's going on here? Don't blast it in their face or anything. But what can I do to help you? Can I point you to a resource or point you somewhere where you can talk to? You're more than just a bank teller at that point. You know? Yeah. And just like you mentioned, I think really just ask the question, how are you doing? How are you really doing? Yeah. And like you said, you're, you're the first person. Because that question will open up the door. Well, I've got this kind of debt. I've got that kind of debt. As the front line on the teller line, that's you know, their duty to, oh, I know somebody in loans who can help you out. Or I've got somebody who can maybe help consolidate that debt for you or refinance this or refinance that. That's really the foundation of that. Perfect. Yeah. And like you mentioned, like you're, is the teller, you're the, you're the first point of contact, right? You, you're the first person to hear about the marriage that, so you already know the person you, um, you segue that knowledge mm-hmm. right into seeing if they're, they're doing okay. I love that. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, Let's kind of connect that with with financial literacy. Tell me about yeah. how how do you how do you connect those and, and and what do you use in your life to or your 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 role at the bank um to help ensure that that we're preaching good habits right and, and increasing therefore our mental health levels. I don't think I said that great, but you know what I mean. As a loan officer, I really really enjoy. The, the whole aspect of seasoned borrowers or just green borrowers who are coming out here getting their first car loan. I really, really enjoy that because at that time, they're really moldable. The green ones who are just getting credit, they're really moldable. And of course, you know, when you hear something from your parents or your family, pay your bills, have good credit, get a job, X, Y, Z. It sounds so much different when you're getting that same message from somebody who's easy to relate to. And I think it's really important to be really relatable so your message comes across much better. Financial literacy, when anybody says that, they just think it's so boring. And a lot of the times it's not brought up in certain communities or different demographics in our communities and environments. And it's important to break down that barrier and to find out and just let people know that finance is not hard. It's really a key to success in all the other aspects of your life. And it's not hard to fix or build either. Yeah. So, um, so you mentioned that we've got some communities that are lacking in this. So what are some ways that banks can get out and, and help increase financial literacy levels in to communities that maybe be? That is a great question. That is a great question. I really enjoy being out in my community and really enjoy just sharing knowledge about financing just in general. A lot of people are underbanked. So I think it's really important to just be welcoming in your environments and in your institutions. One other thing that I really enjoy is when nonprofits or other organizations may need help with their staff or budgeting and things like that, just put that out there and just offer, hey, this is something I can come and do for your team. as. As a trainer, that's what I had kind of done before. And I absolutely loved it. I've been to different people's jobs. Another project that I do that's kind of one of my favorites is I'm involved with the wellness court here in my area. And a part of their training day is they have different people from the community come, doctors, nutritionists, people from the job centers and things like that. And of course, a young girl comes in and teaches them everything about the basics of credit, budgeting, and and things like that. And it's it's just important to really show that it's not as intimidating as it is. Yeah. Sometimes a lot of people are shy when they walk into a bank or a credit union. Everybody's all stuffy in their, their suits and ties. And yes, that's the persona that you're presenting to be professional. 
but in some instances that may be a little off-putting not to say that you should downdress or anything like that, but just being approachable is so, so important. Yeah. I think that all comes back to what you were saying earlier. Just remember you're a person first. Um, yeah. yeah. So tell me about the programs you teach. What kind of things are you instructing the community on? What What are you saying? Oh, well, again, just with the, the training days that I have with the wellness court, or sometimes I'm the I serve on the board of directors for NAMI Fairbanks, the National Alliance on Mental Illness here in Fairbanks, and I'm the board treasurer. And that really kind of launched my platform for mental health advocacy and, of course, being in finance. Just it all kind of really ties in in a unique way. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk. I really like to preach and teach that if you've got, you know, some kind of challenge in your financial life, it's okay to go back and fix it. It really is. Yeah, perfect. Um, so what are some um, some things that, that you teach to our folks? So do you try to um, make sure they know just basics about credit or do you focus on uh, misconceptions or or what do you what do you look at there? I look at everything. I look at everything. How to build credit, what credit is, how to start building credit. If you have credit and you've ruined it, how to some tips and tricks on how to fix it or remedy those things. Okay, good. Are you able to have any kind of um, basic? I, I guess I see this as a kind of a different avenue of financial literacy, right? If we start thinking about the mental health aspect, it makes me wonder: Do you have sort of a a continuing relationship with any of your folks? And, and as a loan officer, you probably are in a unique position to do that. But where you can kind of see them build and watch that mental health improve and and notice that actual effect? Yes, absolutely, yes. I absolutely love it. It's it's really a part of, well, you you help me get you know back on track, you help me get my life together. You're really also helping people achieve goals. Of course, one of the goals in anybody's life really should be financially stable or financially successful. And what that looks like to you, I wanna help you get there and I'm going to help you get there. Very good. It's so important, too, with our youth right now. So, so important. Right now, youth mental health and, you know, youth financial literacy, they're, we're, more, we're progressing to making those more known topics that need to be discussed in all facets of our life. And it's important that I know how to balance a checkbook and know what credit is before I know how to use the Pagarium theorem or the scientific method. I don't even know how to say Pagarium theorem. I don't need to know how to do all this. I need to know how to balance a checkbook. I need to know how to build credit. I need to know if somebody's going to juke me on this high interest rate and what that means for me. What am I going to be paying overall? That's what I really need to know. Right. Yeah, that's um, a great point that our, there is kind of a disconnect there, right? And I think a lot of us see that in the education system that we're I agree with you. We're learning things that don't uh, have a lot of daily impact in our lives. Right. And, and there's so so there's an opportunity there right. then for banks to come in and help fill this very obvious gap. Yeah, absolutely. So if I'm a bank and, and maybe I haven't been uh, super involved in, in financial literacy and helping my community so far, how would you recommend they get started? Where, where do you what's square one there? What high school did you go to? What middle school did you go to? Is there a teacher there that you still connect with? Are you 
friends with some faculty there? Does any of your friends' kids go to their schools? Just put your foot in the door and put yourself in there. Hey, I'm so-and-so. I work at this bank. I work at this credit union. This is something that I'd like to offer to your students. Show them how this is going to affect them and help them out and show them how the school benefits from it as well. It's really important to just put yourself out there. And a lot of the time they're, they're very receptive to it and they're very open to the idea of, you know, kids need to know financial literacy. Our youth need to know financial literacy. Young teens, especially transitioning out of high school into the college sector, they definitely need to know what this is. We're just about to launch out here. Here you go. Bye. <laughs> it's, it's really, really important to, to do that. Just come into school. Just put yourself in there. Hey, I've got something for you that may benefit your students and your families. This is what I can do. How can I make this better for you? It's all about being a team and being a, making it a team effort. Sure. Yeah. The, the school and the education system, they have a, a good, good, the, the intention is there. The intention is there to actually have someone from the community and, and do that. I think that's the, the big hand up for getting financial literacy out there. The financial literacy, you know, it comes in, it may come in a curriculum. It may not just be a little, little piece in your math class or business math, but it, you've got to use it to apply every day. For example, here in Anchorage, the one of the high schools is learning how to run a t-shirt print shop by using algebra. That's interesting. It's great. It's great. That is so cool. Yeah, they've got to, so of course they've got to, you know, match up the, the logo all right on the shirt. If you make a mistake, what's that going to cost you later? How does that play into the equation? What if you don't sell things? I read it on the Anchorage Daily News and I absolutely fell in love. And I thought that was one of the really, really, really cool ways to incorporate math, financial literacy, and, and things like that. It's, that was the greatest idea. Yeah, and make it real life example. It's super applicable. Right. That's awesome. Exactly. Once you get out of high school, you're like, I'm not ever going to use algebra. You are making these t-shirts. <laughs> it was so genius. So genius. That's great. Yeah. Somebody is killing it with that. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. So so I'm a bank. I'm starting my program. Um, are there, you mentioned curriculum. Does a bank build their own curriculum or are there programs out there available for banks to, to adopt and get started? Or how, where do you, where would you even start? You know, that's a great question. So for example, the FDIC has a uh, Money Smart program and they've got a curriculum and things like that on what you can teach for youth, young adults, adults even. And there's some curriculums that are out there. Really kind of focus on what you want to, to share and what you're really passionate about starts there. Of course, if you're a credit union, the NCUA may have some resources for you to use as well. Even if you just look up Youth financial literacy, there's lots of different programs and lots of different ways to present items as well. Or if you're feeling spunky, just get creative. Get creative. I love that. Yeah. And I, I agree. Like, let's bring some passion to it and make it not just the stuffy banker in the room. Mm -hmm. And make it engaging. Yeah. Everybody's like, oh, money's so boring. No, money's actually fun. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when we start talking about shopping, right? But then we have to <laughs> bring in that mental health aspect. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So then I guess too, so we can build on that, right? So if you're teaching financial literacy as a bank, you don't talk just about balancing a checkbook, but also talk about how those, those good habits can help build your, your self-esteem and your mental health. Am I on the right track here? 
Yes, yes. Very good. I'm mentally taking notes. They correlate so, so much, and a lot of people don't put them together. But in my experience and being in this industry as a lender, I, I see people at their lowest of lows. And then when you're able to, to help them out or find a way to help them, you're able to see that relief fall off of them. And they're so, so grateful. So, so grateful. Sure. Yeah, I, I'm kind of mentally taking notes through this because I'm a Girl Scout troop leader. And so we we try to listen to our girls yes. too, right? Because just like you said, like they're probably not getting it to the degree that they need in school. So um, I love right. the t-shirt idea with algebra and making a game out of it. I, I need to... Yeah. Oh, um, let me tell you, if you look it up on Anchor's Daily uh -huh. News, you'll, you'll be able to find it. I don't know the teacher's name, but I... I'm in love. <laughs> it's great. That is so good. I need to find a way to, to bring that down. I've got kindergarten through third graders. I need to pull the algebra out, but make it still real life. That's perfect. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So we've talked a lot about um, uh, financial literacy, how a bank can really impact its community, and then how that uh, plays into mental health, which again, is this aspect we don't, we don't think about very frequently. And, and I love that. Um, if you were to give our listeners one piece of advice um, to take away, either related to financial literacy or, or mental health or anything else that you think really they need um, to get through life, right? What would you say? Okay, this is going to be my little plug for my little nonprofit. <laughs> this is not paid. <laughs> I'm just so, so on the platform of mental health because it, it's something that is, it affects my area, especially in Alaska, so, so much. It's dark. 12 hours a day, I'm getting up, it's dark. I'm going to work in the dark. I'm getting off work in the dark. Kids are playing in recess in the dark. It's just wild. Self-care is so, so, so important. Also, too, with your, your finances, it's it's difficult. It's a hard pill to swallow to look at what I did in my 20s. Now, you got to fix it in your 30s or even in your 30s. You got to fix it when you're in your 40s. It's never too late to fix. It's never, never too late to fix love that. Karisten, thank you so much for visiting with me. I, You were such an engaging speaker. Thank you so much for having me. I had, this was so great. I appreciate it. And for the rest of our listeners, that's thanking you.